0: Greetings, everyone. My name is Michael Rosso. This is the Film Photography Podcast. To my left is Leslie Lazenby. Hello, everyone. Special guest, Mr. Trev Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Matt Mirage. Hey, how's it going? Mr. Owen McCafferty. Hello, hello. And we are here to talk about film photography, and we are here to engage, inform, and inspire. Welcome to the show. We have a variety of different topics uh, to discuss. First and foremost is it's a long time coming, and I never thought this day would come, ever, in my entire life of, you know, shooting film, because the film that was... I don't know. Is, this, is it okay to say "Redheaded stepchild in 2022? Who I think knows? I
1: don't know. Yeah, I don't think they...
0: That hasn't got... That hasn't the got,
1: gingers are okay with being yeah, made fun of. Okay. So. Yeah.
0: The Redheaded stepchild forever has been a film called Kodak Gold 200. Whoa. And this is a film that for i mean we've been doing the podcast for 12 years and in the beginning stages like you know everyone's like poop uh, what what are you shooting oh i'm shooting gold
2: what yeah if you've got a basket full of free film that's what's left at the bottom yes
0: so finally in the year 2022 gold Gold is gold. is gold. Gold. gold kodak gold 200 it's a 35 millimeter film in 2022 i'm going to throw the floor over to matt mirage what happened with kodak gold
2: It's back in a big way. There are a lot of folks, uh, especially some of the newer-gen film shooters uh, and influencers, love the look of gold, love the warm palette, love pushing it even further to its most extremes, and have been sounding off for years about it being, you know, bring it back in 120. And here it is. So it's it's been out uh, pre- pretty quickly from the announcement to having it in, like, ready, available stock um, they It was something that they tested pretty heavily for a few years uh, with labs and influencers and such, but they they dropped notice on it and it's it 's here in one twenty which is really cool it 's not a brand new film. a lot of folks think this is its first time in one twenty but that might no. be because some of these film shooters <laughs> are, are too young to remember that it did used to exist right before the year 2000, and it's uh, it's now back in 120, available in uh, in pro packs. I don't know if people are people singling single rolling it out. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's pretty cool. I have got a few rolls that I still have to go through. I think I think Trev said he brought some with him. But it's it's getting a whole ton of hype. Nice. And probably the biggest thing about it that folks are excited about is. In a world where we have increased film costs for all sorts of color negative 120 film, uh, this stuff is coming in, or at least supposed to be coming in, uh, a little bit less expensive than some of the portrait
0: emulsions. It's uh, even closer to like hectar kind of prices. Saying a f- like, a, folks are saying like a fourth the price, twenty five percent, twenty
2: five percent off, yeah,
0: of what portrait would be in 120. Exactly. Matt, have you shot it yet?
2: I haven't, but I brought a camera from Midwest Photo. Uh, No, they let me borrow one that I'm going to test out. And it feels kind of weird because it's a test roll. And I only get a few shots, but I want to make them count. So oh, yeah. they let me take out this big boy. <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh, for the folks at home. Uh, I just pulled out uh, this uh, this long boy of a camera. This is the Fujifilm uh, G617. So this is uh, their 6x17 camera. Uh, if you have a roll of 120 film, this will get you a whopping four exposures. That's two if you bracket uh, and hopefully one
0: of those four is going to be good.
2: If you have 220 film, you can get a whopping eight shots on it.
0: 120 film is uh, is is roll film.
2: Roll medium format roll film. You and
0: the it. size is like um, t- compared to 35 millimeter. We're talking like 61.5 millimeter in width, right? Mm-hmm, exactly and it's long on a roll so the the size of your frame in 120 depends on what camera you use exactly it's all
2: camera dependent so right now on the table uh here at fpp studio remote studios we have some six by six cameras meaning six centimeter by six centimeter giving you a 12 exposure roll but you can the beauty of medium format is you can get cameras that match your attitude towards photography and this one uh this Fujifilm goes pretty hard. It's got a little roll cage on it, and it, if you <laughs> pop open the back, <laughs>
3: it... That's
0: beautiful oh, look, at, look at that real estate that's This nuts. is a 6 by
2: 17 centimeter uh, image. You
0: could sleep in there How how many It has
4: two cold
2: shoes
0: Looks like a Cadillac Trunk of a Cadillac <laughs> That is an El Dorado really this, this is like
2: This is like the The Woody wagon How, how many
0: in. shots per roll Four Four shots <laughs> per <laughs> roll that's
2: so, I think that's economics. So, so I'm gonna juice one of, Yeah for a large format This is like Oh uh, man What am I gonna shoot For us We love 12 exposures That's
0: right Do shops <laughs> like Midwest, do they rent these out? Funny you should ask, Mike. This is
2: from the used department. It has the Midwest Photo sticker on there, so this is from the used department at Midwest Photo. Um, they're letting me borrow this because I am going to do a, I'm going to do a medium format Monday. If you, if they have something in their used department that's special. But really sought after, like this in particular, you can actually rent out some of their film cameras. You do have to pay for the film and the processing and all that stuff. But they are available for rental, so you can check that out at uh, MPEX.com or MPEXrentals.com. And you can hit them up about their awesome selection of film cameras. If, If I wanted to buy that, what would I pay? Two Gs. Oh, that's less than I would have thought. Yeah, actually, literally. yeah, yeah, two yeah, G's, and that's with the lens. Now there was a lot of six by seventeen cameras. This one is. Some folks will say like these are more limiting, but I like this one because it's very easy. Most six by seventeen cameras, uh, well, there's kind of like two versions. There's some that open up like just a giant wide camera, like this has a closing back the others they will load a roll film adapter that attaches and makes it more like a view camera Mm. style or like a bellows Mm -hmm. camera Mm -hmm. bellows the bellows camera allows you just like any large format camera to change the lenses out this one it's kind of fixed um some people call these cones this is what's called a helicoid focusing mount so it's mounted in here, and pushing that will give me, like, a little scale focus that I can do. Uh, but this is just a large format lens in a shutter. You could actually shoot this lens on 4x5, and
0: it be fine. It's, it's reflex? Through the lens or no, No. not
2: reflex. This is scale only.
0: Scale only. Not even. Not even a range finder.
2: No range finder on this one. So you do have a viewfinder, which gives. It's pretty. It's pretty nice and corrected. Here, I'll pass it around.
0: Phil has the newest version of that. He's
2: got. He's got all the nice versions. Yeah. I know because I sold him a few. <laughs> oh, <did you? laughs> sitting right here, I could get both. It's incredible. Shows. I I love the panoramic what? format. It's. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, like, cinematic. It's it's almost, like, anamorphic, but it's really, like, well-corrected. Um, what was the original intended use for... I mean... Oh, this is landscape. That, okay, this so is definitely landscape. For folks. NBA players.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: right. But this is a very... Uh, I always... Uh, I always would like to make fun of this camera I would call it the Peter Lick camera uh, because uh, so Peter Lick was a well it's not was. plus he is a uh, is a photographer that does a lot of landscape he he has uh, I almost say he kind of goes to the Thomas Kincaid model yeah, of that's, that's landscape fair. photographer. That's fair where he has, oh, like, these that... large uh, large galleries mm-hmm. and huge, like, enormous, beautiful Prince, color prints yeah. on Fuji Crystal Archive, and he has done most of his shooting on a 6x17 camera. That's that I didn't that. know. Yeah. That I did not know. So he is, a, he is a film guy. There's a lot of processing, a lot of... But it's... <laughs> The cool thing is, it's a viable, like, just a huge format. The other nice thing is, if you are scared of large format, because there's all these things attached to it, and you, you're you used to shooting an icon, like, you can pick this up and, and hit the ground
1: running really, really quick. So, when, when did this? When did the first version of that, is that the first iteration of that camera
2: that you're aware of? I, this is, if it's not the first one, it's an early one, because then they had, like, I think the GX617, and they had a the few versions of that. This is an older one, so there's a lot less options on it, but... They made those in the
0: '90s through the
1: uh, through the mid 2000s. So I know this was supposed to be about Kodak Gold. It's now turned into a, a Fuji.
0: It's called Fuji Six Seventeen. Yep. This okay. G Six Seventeen.
1: So in 1993, you're shooting with this, and yeah. you want to print it. Mm-hmm. You want to print the negative. What What were you printing
2: on? Oh, We're kind uh, of larger. So a uh, 4x5, that's a nice thing. This takes up the same real estate that you could do with a uh, a, a nice 4x5 enlarger or preferably a 5x7 enlarger would give you the full real estate. Now, there are companies that will still make new 6x17s. Uh, those are view camera manufacturers for the okay. most part. You can also get 6x17 roll film backs for certain 4x5s. Uh, and five by seven cameras. There's also a crazy uh, company out there that, for a while, they used to make a six by twenty four oh camera, God. which is a whopping three shots on a roll of one twenty. So, with that particular model, mm-hmm. can
1: you take your negative and put it in a V six hundred and scan it? Is the negative too long? Ooh,
2: I don't. I've never tried. I know. don't know v- why not. V seven hundred. You can tape. You can tape two to the glass. I know because I did it at Leslie's. <laughs> <laughs> There's that com- You can do the full bed. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: There's that company on eBay that was selling the. 3d printed masks for your yes i, I bet I you, have a bunch of different ones yeah, yeah. for a, a, a negative that size uh what about contact prints
2: contact mm. prints are gorgeous Ooh. in this size the other thing i like are uh i have seen at shows um just slides that are just backlit and right. presented oh, at these, these yes. nice little so,
0: so for folks who don't know a contact print is you literally take your negative onto a piece of photographic paper and then you put glass to keep it flat and then you flash it with a light bulb right matt
2: exactly yeah you, you can start
0: with a light bulb but
2: then you can also do in larger for more control but yeah
0: you
1: do people still because con- that's like that's how i first print the first thing i ever printed was on a contact printer
0: people still there are a lot print? of people contact printing. Oh. yeah matt really fast sure. for people at home who don't know what 220 film is because it doesn't exist anymore yes. but you can buy it on ebay explain like a camera like uh the fuji sixteen six 6x7 <laughs>
2: Six seventeen, you got it. Six seventeen. <laughs> what?
0: What? 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 This. What is two twenty film?
2: Two twenty film was a a more economical film for folks that were shooting uh, wedding and special event. They wanted more shots on their medium format camera that accepted it, and instead of having backing paper, it was just a long stretch of. Film kind of taped between two uh, paper leaders. The problem with 220 is you had to make sure your camera was able to take it. So a lot of professional cameras were 120 slash 220 cameras. They could change a pressure plate, but other interchangeable type cameras like your Hasselblads, they would have to have a back that specified that they could take 220 by designating the number of exposures. Leslie,
3: and you had to make sure that your lab could handle mm,
4: 220, because oh, sure, yeah. it has to. L-
3: on dip and dunk, yeah, it's going Has longer. to loop over and have to be waited, and and someone always had to stand in the dark with it when two twenty <laughs> went through in case there was a crash two twenty from the dark room standpoint. Mike just
1: said, so, "I had no idea." So there is no more two twenty. No, at no. all. I didn't. Know just whether, expired
2: did in 08? Something like, it was before FPP started.
0: Um, right at the, t- as FPP started in 09, uh, Kodak was like just getting rid of whatever they had. So yeah. you can tell I'm really up to date on what's going yeah. on. So for like a rollie that normally gets no 12 shots per 120 roll, okay. how many shots do you get in a 220 roll?
4: For, well, you can't shoot 220.
0: in this. Oh, you can't. Yeah, but a right, roly type camera.
4: Yeah, so I right now actually I have a pack of Portra 400 black and white Ooh. 220, oh. and I've been stuff. shooting in a Pentax 67, which can because it's got the plate. In it. Yeah, yeah, but you want to hear something funny is I. So when I loaded it, I did a video loading it because you don't see that that often these days. 220. I fixed the pressure plate and fixed that little and twisted the knob on the far corner but out of instinct i advanced the paper only to the 120 not the 220. Didn't even think about it until people called me out on Instagram, the did video. You, did you
2: lose a frame on it or no?
4: I actually didn't. Oh, there mm. we go. So, but my camera has spacing issues. So maybe it was just like literally- It's making up the, the difference. <laughs> making up the difference or something.
2: Mike, I remember very fondly my first memory of 220 film. I learned about it. I said, what is this weird A24 back? And I walked into this, uh, into this funny shop that had a whole bunch of cameras in the window. And I asked this really nice lady at the front counter. I think her name was. I think her name was Leslie, and <laughs> she just she just forked over a roll. I think it was plus X two twenty. Just maybe, just gave I me know, one. I
3: I know I stocked trix two twenty. It was either TriX X or yep. plus X at the time. Oh, it might have been plus X. Yeah, because you were you were
2: just <laughs> mm-hmm. you were just, stocked it for yep. a person. Rest in peace. And it was uh, it was all downhill from there. I shot that and started developing out. It was what camera did, were you shooting it in that back the two, then? Uh, since that was two twenty, I think I was borrowing one of
0: Jeff's RBs because he okay. had some two twenty backs for that. So I guess eBay is the place right now for it. Yeah, eBay. I have to check or- my
2: fridge. <laughs> I know you had a lot toward the end there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So getting back to
2: Kodak mm. Gold 200, more options are great. I, yeah, I, I love oh, it absolutely. Um, I'm ex- what I've seen from other folks so far. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm mostly black and white because of just like affordability and stuff. Having color options is really really cool. Having something that isn't quite Ektar but isn't quite Portra, I kind of the results I'm seeing from it are kind of like if you take the warmer side of Ektar's punch. And you add it to Portra 160. That's definitely kind of a starting point for what gold can look like. Uh, but it is on it is on like their new base as well. So it actually handles um, like grain and such really well. It's it's really optimized for scanning. It, it looks really really good. So I'm excited. I want to do some punchy kind of non-standard <clears throat> panoramic color stuff with the 617. I just gotta wait for Ohio to you know catch up weather-wise.
0: Yes but
1: why does Kodak insist on calling this a professional film?
3: Oh, there are reasons.
0: Yes, Leslie? And speak up. We
1: we talked
3: (laughs) about some time, but... Give us the hot Uh
0: goss. What is it?
3: Professional film usually has a tighter tolerance to hold image quality, grain, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. They recommend you keep it cooler, keep the humidity under control, whereas the consumer films you can beat up. But isn't this a consumer film? Right.
1: Matt Matt just said that it's the same exact emulsion.
3: But are they calling it professional?
1: They are. They are calling the
3: two hundred gold professional. The new one hundred twenty gold.
0: Look, it's 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 twenty twenty two. I think It's, it's all off the window. Like it's just like. Don't you think when they put the box together, like they just. So you I, know what? They forgot no, to take it off in yes. the computer
3: when they designed oh. the graphics and. No, I, I think. Well, but,
1: I have my. But. I have my theory. It's just a way to charge more for that film. It was That's not. My, it's a cheaper film. It's, it's the cheaper one twenty now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but could it have been cheaper if they hadn't have marketed it as a professional film
0: folks, I just want everyone to know that if we had Kodak in the room they wouldn't know either so uh, th- <laughs> this is not a question that has an answer. We're just <laughs> thinking well why I don't know if there is a why I think someone just like you know didn't think about it oops and and then no, no one noticed except for us. I oh, don't know people are noticing really
2: yeah they're, they're asking but it's um.
0: maybe because it's in a five pack it's a pro pack. It's professional film. That's another thing I want to know. Why can't Kodak make a small
1: box? What's up with that? Why does it have to be in a... Everything has to be... uh,
0: There are... Let's let's, let's be realistic about things in 2022. There are just not as many SKUs. A SKU is a part number. A part number is associated with the product. So Kodak is not going to make an individual box and a Pro Pack. I want I folks know. at home to know that the Fuji six seventeen has a little slot on the back.
2: <laughs> so you
1: remember,
0: so in case you forget those so four you shots. so you
1: could put your Ilford film in, since you can't put any. Pack. Correct. <laughs> There's no
0: Kodak professional film that is in one twenty that is made an in individual box anymore.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's that's it's Ilford City. definitely a nineties throwback, right there. Yeah. That. So you know what I miss? This is the opposite side of the the single box. Long, around the same time that 220 went out was when you stopped being able to get the brick oh, yeah. of film. Was that 20 rolls? Yeah. It was like the large, like the fatter box. Was that was that 20 rolls? 20. Yeah. It, was it was an actual box. box. Yeah. Those Case were, that Jeff those were, always carried. Yeah. Those were so nice to be able to just, you like something? Great. That's right. I'll take 20. Cube of them. Yep.
0: The glory days of the early 1990s mm. was so many configurations, so many ways to buy film, uh, so many emulsions. I mean, think of all the... I mean, wasn't there like, you know, even like uh, Portra UT, Portra yeah. VC, Portra V-C, NC, NC, Portra NC. Okay. Yeah, I remember yeah, going
1: to... Memories
5: Press between the pages of my mind Okay through the ages just
1: like wine. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember going into... And it was into, like
3: ultra color, uh, natural color. Kind of what those stood for. Yeah. Really you fine could go tuned. into
1: Mark's here in Ohio, which for those who aren't from Ohio, it's a supermarket. And I remember as a kid, there was I a a kid who one tent. You can, you can get you can get <laughs> Like, Marx had its own brand of film. Like, then there was Mac, kind of, I mean, through there the There was a huge just variety
0: like of films, And now you go to the and it's like, film
1: that <laughs> Those really were the
0: They were mm-hmm. But we have to live in the present. We have to live time in the present. Time is a
5: tool you can put on the wall or wear it on your wrist. The past is far behind us. The future doesn't exist. Ow. Let's go on a journey. A journey through all time. A time that's changing
0: all the time. It's time to go to time. To
2: time. <clears throat> the folks that are just getting into yes. medium format. So many. Having, having a fresh option is really great. The one thing I think this is designed to quell is folks paying darn near sometimes more than retail price of fresh film for expired films. So particularly this gold emulsion, I have, I did a secret Santa with one of the um, discord chat groups. It's all about film photography. And I found an old role from, I think it was 1999 of individually wrapped gold 200. Yes. And I gave that away to, you know, my secret Santa for the, uh, for that. When he got it, he flipped he was like, "Do you know how much these rolls of film go for?" And he sent me an eBay link. Those people were buying twenty-plus year expired gold for like thirty to forty bucks yes. a roll.
1: God, that's disgusting. So <laughs> that's where we're at. I wonder what they'll pay for my And but gold. And, and to your point, two hundred is also I think is a great speed. Oh, I don't know for film just in general, especially if you're starting out new because you it's it's not you
2: know it's like right in the middle. It's a good in between for sure, and I think it will um, kind of stop some of that. You know, shooting, uh, shooting portrait 800 just uh, uh, a few stops over, just throw 200 gold in there, and it's, it's a good look.
3: Absolutely also, ideal for a box camera. Mm-hmm. Absolutely ideal.
0: Also, you mean, you're talking about prices. I mean, at the FPP online store, I mean, best prices were concerned about the shooter, but there is a, a situation going on that is hard to clamp down, and that is people buying film at the cheapest price and then reselling it on Amazon for ridiculous prices. It's not fair. It's a free market. There's nothing we can do about it. If you go on Amazon right now and you look up any portrait or gold or anything – the amount that people are charging, I guess, that people are buying for convenience, it's not right. So I should Especially
4: stop on the- doing that. I should buy it from you guys. <laughs>
0: oh, thank you for your order last week. It's like the know, photography store. <laughs> anyway. the,
1: okay. the Kodak Gold, I've, you, know, everybody could, you couldn't find anywhere. But I was able oh, to find yeah. a store online Tuesday. I found a store online on the West Coast and, and bought a Pro Pack. Yep. Unfortunately, FPP was out of stock.
4: What do you think will happen to, like, say, portrait sale, like Portra 400? Do you think you'll see that start leveling out? in 120 now that this is out? Or do, uh, do you think that will <laughs> affect Based you? on the YouTube videos, everybody
1: it, like that I've been watching feels like it's a brand new film and it's
0: going to yeah. replace Portra. I mean, I can only yeah. talk about my little corner of the world. And I can tell you that uh, we've never run out of 120 film uh, i mean thirty five is king, and we can't keep enough of it in yeah. one twenty. I don't think a lot of the cool kids have moved over to one twenty yet or maybe they're just discovering it
2: they're just getting it
0: matt what's your go to four by five or larger film for your if you're going out to shoot color
2: color so uh I'm right there with trev my uh when I was at um Last month, when I was doing the Joshua Tree meetup, I made it a point to shoot my favorite travel color film, which is Portra 160. Mm. I love traveling with that stuff. I mean, really, your options are 160, 400, or expired. Like they're mm. fresh. You can get uh, sheets. We're down. So I, um, I'm not going to make anybody here here watch it. But I did a rant video about <laughs> uh, about instant uh, about instant film options. But in there, I do another larger side rant to Fuji Film directly about why they keep discontinuing all their stuff. All that's left is ProVia in sheet film. That's oh. it. Oh. So in Fuji in Fuji we only have Provia, so it's you have to be
0: like full Kodak all and the time. And who
2: is Fujifilm? What do they do? Exactly.
0: <laughs> Don't you think it's going away? The Provia four by five.
2: Uh it's I think it's going to be when the, when the emulsion runs out. So, mm-hmm. like, the whole, like, Velvia 100 stuff where it was a discontinued, labs won't take it, that was literally them just getting rid of, like, 2016 stock. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think the last, the last Fuji sheet film has already been printed. We just don't know it yet.
0: Yeah. It's sad. Do we do the last word on Gold Go 200? Thumbs up, right? Thumbs up. Can't wait to see my results. Okay. When we come back, we're going to be talking about a big old topic, and that topic is, where the heck are my pictures?
5: Now you can discover the colors of Coda Color Gold. A new film that captures natural color with new generation technology. Giving more accurate, more realistic colors than you've ever seen before. A film that brings color to life and life to color. So when you've a moment to remember, take it easy and discover the colors of Coda Color Gold.
0: Hey, we're back. Turning the microphone over to Leslie Lazenby for the topic Where the heck are my pictures? Blank rolls of developed film.
3: You know, every once in a while, you process a roll of film or you get it back from the lab and there's nothing on it. <laughs> this can happen to a seasoned shooter or those new to photography and occasionally we get letters about it. Some of the very common errors that can occur when processing black and white or color films will be covered here today. And one of the first things um, that we hear
2: is, excuse me, my film is entirely blank. Did you sell me bad film? And I said, no. I
3: always ask, is it clear or is it black? Example, are there no images? Or no text in the rebate area. And if you remember, the rebate area of the film is above the sprocket holes. Has your negative numbers, your film types, sometimes some barcodes. Totally clear. Totally clear. Nothing there. Can't read a thing. Clear. Clear. Okay. So we're going to look at black and white negatives that are completely clear. Not black. Very specific. Color can also be transparent. It can be transparent orange or totally clear, even a little scarier. But if if you have a roll of slide film, you have to think everything is in reverse. What would be totally clear on a negative would be totally black on a roll of uh, E6 slide type film. So we're going to talk primarily about negatives, color, black and white. And... Completely blank indicates the film has not received development at all. I I developed the film myself. I can't help that. This is caused by a chemical or processing issue. Either exhausted from use, meaning your chemistry. It could be exhausted from age. It could be contaminated. Mm -hmm. It could be way too cold. Or it's happened. You may have mixed the steps up. And you may have fixed it first and then processed it. Or bleach, blix them first. It happens. This is almost a consumer problem. This is not a lab problem. Well, uh, my negatives do have writing on them in the sprocket holes. Guess what, kids? The chemicals or the processing stage is not at fault. You could have accidentally developed a roll of film that was never exposed. You know, like a new roll shot it and threw it in the bottom of your bag and thinking yeah 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 this is the one and you sent it in i recommend uh, to avoid that you keep a sharpie in your bag and you just write on the cassette you make a habit of always winding the leader all the way in or i have a tendency to i i pinch the leader so if it goes in or stays out it has that that crimp in it and i know um yes <laughs> Banaka. thank you
2: <laughs> for my days developing All sorts of black and white film. For all sorts of folks at different levels in black and white. Most common cause of that. No pictures, but the rebate's good. They thought they loaded it. That's
3: coming up, Sonny. yeah.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry. sorry.
3: We'll cut that mic. (laughs) Or, very commonly, the film never went through the camera. It did not. Attached correctly to the take-up,
0: lady. You fucked oh. up my film. <laughs> I was shooting my roll. The numbers kept counting up. Listen, I took pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you guys said you wanted New Jersey.
1: It was so perfect. I mean, it was like a, it was so perfect. Well, I get
0: emails, and I can tell—not that <laughs> like that—but you could tell the person is angry.
3: You, it's all caps type of I thing.
0: I know. I took pictures.
3: Yeah, we hear that a lot, okay? <laughs> there are loading procedures for your camera that will eliminate this error, or you can check the manual, or you can go on YouTube because we know it's it. Try it out yourself. Uh, later on, I'm going to be demonstrating a Pentex uh, KX or even a K1000. It doesn't matter. You can fire that shutter and advance the film advance without any film in it, and then numbers still count. Yep. They still count. So that is not an accurate measure to determine if your film was pulled out of the cassette and put onto the take up. Well, it's not clear necessarily, but my film's black totally black can't see through it black or some of it's some of it's like black or fogged partially and which we do call that whole situation your film is fogged and film that has been exposed to light before developing not through the lens from another source is fogging fogging can happen on a full roll or only parts and that is a helps you determine where the problem came from you or your lab probably you might need new light seals in your camera so that would be a case of partially fogged you may have had trouble loading that camera you're trying to stuff it in there and i know it'll count up so i want to make sure it goes in there type of thing uh so it could be a loading problem it could be trouble in the dark room was the lid on your tank fully seated mm. i even have a tank that i dropped and thought was fine had mm. a crack down the side did that I just put duct tape over Mm -hmm. it, still use it. Or, even more common today, a leaky bulk loader. Oh. And there's also a few of these bulk loaders that even though they have a trap system open and closed, you can load it whether it's open or closed. Yeah. Doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. You go in there and... the people who open. are loading their own film, loading their own film, and so their bad, own cartridges. When
1: their bulk loader scratches their entire roll of film, and too. sometimes
3: that happens because you didn't open the trap up <laughs> and you're just pulling it against those plastic pieces. So there's things to check, and one that's also possible: Did you, <laughs> or maybe someone else, open the back of the camera before it was rewound? <laughs> For You know, especially younger, younger, younger kids are so used to looking on the back of a camera or their phone and getting a playback of the image. And you say, oh, the images are inside, <laughs> you know, you're not looking and they open it up. People, I, think, so, I think
1: some people just get paranoid. They're, they're just not sure that the film is there.
3: I know. And we've we've all done it here. You cannot Close that back fast quick enough.
2: enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's just, Somehow still not fast
3: enough. It's mm-hmm. still not fast enough. And another situation is maybe you didn't load your super fast film in shade. Mm-hmm. the light. Those, yeah, right out in the bright light. Or you're at the family picnic and um, you shot all these great pictures. You're done with your roll of film. You put that roll of film on the picnic table, all wound up nice and tight in the bright sun. And you'll leave it there and collect up that oh. overheated film, radiated from the sun. It can happen. So I hope this helps in determining if you get some film black that's blank or if it's black. And, and maybe it'll help you avoid the situation in the future.
0: Okay. So, so really quick to recap for folks at home. If your roll of film, you get it back and it's clear or... Orangey. No. By the type of if film, it's, it's clear, it. Yes.
3: does it have the negative numbers on it? Yes or yes. no? Yes. Then you are correct. It has not seen light. Or, yes, it's not seen Someone light. misloaded
0: their camera and they were shooting air.
3: Camera, shooting air or
1: new roll. Okay. okay. And we know that because if the film was exposed to light, the matrix numbers wouldn't show up, right? Mm-hmm. That's why we mm-hmm. say that that's the... Okay. And if it's, Test. there again,
3: if it's totally clear, you didn't even give those numbers a chance to show up.
0: If it's completely black.
3: Then it's light that came in from the wrong direction. Ding. So,
0: so Trev, at a large commercial developing company like com, do the customer service representatives, like, at the end of the month have PTSD from dealing with, <laughs> like, what type of...
4: Mike needs tips on how to, uh,
0: how to you you deal I mean, with you guys must get all sorts of
4: we get a lot we get a lot of stuff like that and uh carrie who is she does our she's like does most of our customer service is great with a lot of like we have seen it all so we have kind of like canned responses that we'll tweak towards that and then Mm -hmm. if sometimes it's like a really oddball thing and it's on the shooting side um like it might be a camera issue or a metering issue or something like that they'll send it to me and and i'll respond to that like a lot of times like what you're talking about like i'll first ask like what type of camera are you shooting because if it's a manual advance like I'll give them tips like you got to watch the rewind if it's not moving you always want to pay attention to that when you fir- like and a lot of times what happens is people also do this thing where they won't see the rewind on the first advance and then they open it but they don't realize that oh. it takes time it takes a for it to catch you. yeah to pull it tight pull slack out so so a lot of like i'm explaining something like that like you know if you if you're new to it you might want to take out that tension and then you'll always see it and you have that reassurance and then you know more automatic cameras even point shoots will tell you if there's no film catching get a lot of like little like scavenger hunts of like trying to figure out how to answer a certain question (laughs) based off that's a good word for it of like yeah because a lot of times the, the customer that's telling us they're just giving us what they understand and they don't know exactly what to tell us mainly they know we have a lot of people including myself i've done it twice in the past probably four years of like accidentally opening a back one i mm-hmm. legitimately did it on purpose and one was mm-hmm. an accident but you usually don't lose everything no right. yeah, no not just, in, just in that case, case. Yeah. it depends so you know we a lot of times it just depends on the type you know like for instance the canon rebel advances the film to the into the cartridge so you won't yeah. ruin a photo where some do it the other most do it the other way so you could fog it but yeah we get a lot of stuff like that especially with, like, development. The biggest thing we get is with um, disposable cameras. Because, honestly, people just being like, all my photos are dark. And we're like, well, you're shooting with, basically, a Sunny 16 machine. (laughs) And if you don't have the flash on, if you don't have enough light, like they're going to be dark. Shooting inside without the flash on. Or, yeah, like in this setting, you're just going to see a few lights
0: Yes, I've out. seen that. And,
4: <laughs> and then that's also, a lot of people are shooting disposable cameras. If they're going between different cameras, they're, they vary. For instance, like a Kodak, you have to keep some of them, like the fun savers, you have to keep it on.
0: Mm. They keep hitting <laughs> it
4: compared to a Fuji, you switch it on. Compared to the new Tri-X tab. one, it stays on even if you don't want it on. So th- like, there's all those different things where people. That's why a lot of times we just like get a cheap point and shoot.
1: What is the craziest customer like? <gasps> what the hell was this customer thinking? Like,
4: well, we won't film we or won't do dip or like uh, souped film. film soup, if yeah. we know, we obviously can't know. Sometimes it can ruin the whole batch. Yeah, yeah, it can ruin the whole batch of chemicals and stuff like that. I mean, the funniest emails I've gotten this twice where someone just sends an email. Doesn't even say hi, by anything, just says film question mark,
0: and I'm like, "Why? Are you, Owen's
1: looking at me. Why are you looking at me? Because because you get emails like this all the time, and you're always, you always call me. Michael call me and be like, Owen,
4: what do I tell this guy? Okay, well I just like I'll just be patient and just like, well by film, like like I, but you know it's just like, do we sell it? No, go to FPP. Do we develop it? Yes. What type is it? Do are you wondering what type of film goes in? Like, just give me some details, type mm-hmm. thing. Can to put yourself in their shoes. Yeah.
3: And it helps. I
4: I don't know. I have a feeling that those people... I've brought that up before, and there's other people have sent it, or that email, and I think they know they've heard me say that, so now it's like (laughs) a joke, because we've seen that later on. But I'm trying to think, a lot of times the biggest problem that we run into is people will see, new photographers will see someone do something crazy and then try it themselves. For mm. instance, I won't name names, but there's a... <laughs> oh, it's the same space. There is a, <laughs> yeah, there's a photographer that was, like, shooting Portrait 800, like, shot at 200, <gasps> p- but still pushed. It literally... And yeah, then no, no, asked for weird. a push in development, and it was just like, that literally makes zero... I don't even understand, like, that doesn't even work. And then there's like, someone... That wanted to do that. That's like the most extreme example where they're like, "How do I push this?" I shot it and I'm like, well, if anything, you'd want to underdevelop, like, because you overexpose mm-hmm. it so much, depending on what you're shooting it in and stuff like that.
0: Oh, so a lot they'll be pulling.
4: Yeah, they probably would have wanted to pull it a stop and then just rely on right. you know, it's a great latitude because it's negative film. And the other thing that we run into that's really hard is labs and different people talking about. Like understanding the difference between a push and a pull, because a lot Mm -hmm. of times people, if they shoot film, like say 400 ISO at 200, and they're just overexposing it by a stop and get it developed normally, because they can handle that. Like a lot of people are saying that, they'll be like, "I pushed it," and like, "Well, no, actually, that's it's different in the in the lab, because then that's confused. We have to explain to people, like, no, that's if you actually underexposed your film, shot at a higher ISO, Mm -hmm. and you need to compensate for that underexposure. So a lot of times, it's kind of deciphering through those. And then we have a great blog that explains all that and shoot box speed at all times unless you have to. One, because a lot of times people want to do a bunch of crazy stuff or will hear people. Oh yeah, I could, I could go into that because where people would be like, is Portrait 800 really 400? Sorry, I won't take away your...
0: No, no, it'll be a different show. It'll be different a different show. show.
4: Yeah. And then it'll be like, is it... Then we can never say enough. One hundred, <laughs> and this then is a like topic every three episodes, <laughs> and then like Portrait one hundred and sixty. I'm like, what does that make Portrait one hundred and sixty? Based off of what they're saying to other things, and we always have to explain to people like just like the metering side of like like how like because a lot of people will be like, oh, I meter like a metered shot at that. I'm like, you get the same results. Do it in metering because a lot of times people are trying to remember what they rated their box speed, and then they go into different settings like backlit, side lit, and all that stuff, and where I'm just like, shoot at box speed and meter.
0: Do you get customers who are shooting different ISOs in one roll and then asking to, like... Push pull oh, different yeah. areas of yeah. the film. Uh, yeah, that's something we have to explain to. I, I would
4: say the only time that it can be confusing is that there are film stocks out there that are like the like Lomo where they'll be like you can shoot it anywhere from like 100 yeah. to 400, and we're like, well, that's a different thing. They, right, like, you know, F-
0: folks. I know we're we're chuckling a lot, but but, but you know, at, at heart, in our hearts, we, we want to. It, what it is is new folks new to film or ill informed don 't have the basic foundations of film, how ISO works, how the fact that you know film is a uh, needs photochemistry to be developed, and it 's working on all buzzwords, keywords, watching yeah. YouTube videos, but you yourself not having the proper understanding mm-hmm. so we 're not making fun of you by laughing, but we 're chuckling because we 've taken the time mm-hmm. to understand what film is. And so should you.
1: Yeah, and make sure, understand the source you're going to. You know, Matt's a great example of a channel that's going to give you a lot of good information. There's a lot of great channels out there that give good information. There's mm-hmm. block. Blah- places like the darkroom and the FPP you know be be critical of where you're reading the information make sure that the person giving you the advice is qualified you know anybody can go on YouTube and make it look like they've been shooting film for 50 years but you know like do some digging and see if this person is actually qualified to give you the the advice
0: what's the what's the percentage I mean you you may not know percentage but are a lot of customers still sending their film in saying push this
4: no 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 No. you I think it's just that on social media it's overemphasized you'll see like people talking about it and then if you're someone who's shot film a long time and you see color negative film pushed which is not common then it really sticks out and so you're like this is happening a lot more but we don't see it nearly as much as you'd think we see it often and I mean in media like sometimes it does wh- just fine because it has great latitude but it's gonna like we have to explain to people like it'll change the tone tonality of the <laughs> film yeah your range like your dy- or your exposure latitude goes out um
0: but yeah stay tuned for more on that
3: stay tuned for more on that
0: okay when we come back different channel oh thank you leslie for you thank you for your segment and uh you folks thank you for your input into that segment
3: and my audience participation thank you
0: <laughs> when we oh you're welcome <laughs> Uh, when we come back, we're going to do a uh, review of the GloMo uh, Instant Wide Back.
5: Oh, that's very nice, thank you. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I can't smile, everybody, please, smile. <laughs> Waste of time if you haven't taken a light, really. It's all right. right. This yeah. limb is completely automatic. It works out the light, and you just click the shutter. Oh, it's okay for snaps, but just you try and them. You see, the trouble with these small cameras is the lens. No problem. There's a Seiko lens. They use it on the Olympus OM-1. One of the best cameras in the world. Well, I suppose it's right for you boys, but you wouldn't get a professional using one. Do you know who that is? Who? David Bailey. David Bailey? Who's he?
0: The Olympus trip.
5: So simple, anyone
0: can use it. Hey, we're back. Matt, you showed up with... I was shocked to see it. A crown graphic. Never seen you with one in my life. Yes. And... Even more shocked, I didn't realize that it had what's known as a Lomography Lomograph Lock instant wide back, and I remember seeing lots of uh, publicity about it when Mm -hmm. it first came out. I'm thinking maybe a year or so ago. Yeah, this dropped
2: in early 2021. Yep there there might have been buzz about it even late 2020, but it was a very uh, a very popular campaign from uh, from Lomography. They did it the, the way they always do. They you know they Hype it they have early backers on the Kickstarter they sent it out to influencers and it was yeah it was really really well received a lot of folks uh, were getting some cool results with it it's a standard you know nicely made instax lamography product so they're not exactly reinventing the wheel but what I think is great about lamography is they are awesome about taking a product that's already well known doesn't need a lot of new design but implementing it in a way that it, it serves you know an existing customer base in in 4x5. Or, you know any large format, it's well, well needed because right now, there are other options but they are not available. And this is using a film that is the probably the most widely available of instant films, and that's, you know, Fujifilm Instax Wide. So the back itself has a few components to it. You've got uh, the Lomo Graph Lock itself. You can see it's this very, very chunky thing. It has these receivers, these little channels on the end here. These are to connect to the, what's called, well, there's two names for it. The original name for it is the Graflex Graph Lock Back. So, all graph, uh, all crown graphic cameras and anniversary cameras will have this. Um, some speed graphics will not have this, mm. but the Graph Lock are these little sliding clasps that will push anything onto the back. So, this is revealed when you remove the spring back from your 4x5 camera. And that's usually these two little metal springs, press those, and it comes out. This on its so on its own isn't going to do much for focusing though because how do you you know, how can you focus with this thing? The Lomo Graph Lock also ships with a little plastic piece that goes underneath the ground glass and allows you to push everything out that added distance that things have to travel back to the film, the light. It helps you calibrate if you're using a ground glass. But the reason I'm using this guy Mike is uh, somebody actually sent this into uh, LFF uh, I have a little P.O. box set up for it kind of like the old the old school FPP day yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody sent in this entire crown graphic kit, and I'm going to give it away. I- I'm going to add some stuff to it. But until then, I need to give this thing a fair shake. What I love about this, this crown graphic came with a 135 Xenar, so it's not like super special. It's a 135 F4.7, but it has a calibrated rangefinder and the right viewfinder mask for it. So what I did is I put on the viewfinder mask that they give you from Lomography, and I pushed the Infinity Stop back. So now I have a calibrated range finder, so I can range finder, I can handheld shoot. And because I'm using Instax Wide, it's it's feasible to shoot. Um, you can do 800 speed.
0: Yes, Mike? Okay, just back up a little bit. Sorry. So the distance of the instant film with it locked to the back is yes. a little different than if you were just shooting a sheet of film.
2: Exactly. It pushes it back a little bit. So further. how did
0: you... How did you calibrate the rangefinder to work with that distance? So the rangefinder's already calibrated for the Lent. I'm actually not recalibrating
2: anything about the rangefinder. All I'm doing is I'm pushing... So on the bed of a crown graphic, there are these little little pins on the side. They have some little flathead screws and they flip up and down. Those are called your infinity stops. Mm -hmm. So all I did is I took the, the mask that comes with the Lomo graph lock, I put it in the back of the camera, And I found what Infinity Focus was with that adapter and that allowed me to push the infinity stops back the right amount, so now the calibrated rangefinder works perfectly well. This is, I would consider the shot that I just took of, uh, of Trev here a few minutes ago, impossible to do without the use of a, uh, a calibrated rangefinder. Yeah, it's so close. How difficult was it to calibrate the rangefinder? Oh, I didn't have to do that. It came calibrated. Oh. But uh, rangefinders will... So this one has, uh, has a CalArt rangefinder. These can be tricky to calibrate because you have to have uh, a cam assembly that goes up into the top here and that has to has to line up well. Repurposing it for the use of this is great. The only downside is I just can't move these infinity stops because otherwise I'll lose my progress. But I I love the back. It, It is of course cropped because Fuji Instax wide isn't, it's not three and a quarter, it's not four by five, it is a little bit smaller. But the cool thing is, I didn't know that Instax Wide, you know, all the Fujifilm cameras that they make for Instax Wide aren't very, they're not very good, right? They're just like a big plastic shoebox with like a, like an <laughs> F11, F11D lens. Nice thing about this, I didn't realize Instax could be so sharp. So yeah, I, I love it. The other thing, so Mike, this is the best part about it. This back is, it's less than 200 bucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Instax Wide, a 20 pack of Instax Wide is 15 bucks. So 75 cents a shot. That's the cheapest large format you're going to find.
0: And does that back, I mean, you have it on the, the crown graphic. Oh, yes. Would, would it fit on like a Wista 4 x That's
2: funny you should ask that, Mike. Um, I tested this in the studio with my, my good buddy, uh, Tariq. We were hanging out, and
0: I was like, oh, I have to bring the crown graphic because
2: your Wista does not have a graph lock back. So the other name for the graph lock back is called the universal back. In the 80s, it became uh, appropriated by a whole bunch of other camera manufacturers. So new cameras, they'll say they have a universal back. That is the same thing as a graph lock back. I didn't even know that until I started shooting with this a little bit more. But the Wista, because they were such well-made Japanese cameras, before I even told Tariq to stop, he just went ahead and slammed this thing in the back and that spring back, it's... It was, you know, it was nine months pregnant, right? When when he pushed that thing in, but it was fine. So he was actually able to jam this in the back of a Wista. No kidding. So if you have a Wista or, or a Tachihara, uh, I don't recommend it, but you can just pop this bad boy right into the back. Okay. Most four by fives, you will break something if you do that. Um, so I, we recommend using the the graphlock or universal back but it's it's such a cool thing i think anybody that has large format should have one of these Sky- no, i definitely want to
4: get one cuz i i have the speed graphic oh it's so, perfect same, yeah. yeah same lens too
2: it's it's a really cool look and yeah it it makes this part of it fun and if i'm out shooting i just think this is a great way to connect, especially if you're doing like portrait stuff uh, for folks, the classic Instax, right? You take a Instax them, give it to them, and you can do you can do whatever you want. I think if I uh, was starting to do more uh, portrait stuff again, like I did with my barbershops, this is a great way to break the ice. You send out an instant print, and I love it. You just press the button to force it. The, oh, the other cool thing about this, though, because it has a little dark slide mechanism, uh, you turn it on, it unlocks the dark slide. That also means you can do really creative... double Um, double double exposures or Mm -hmm. like super, super long exposures, you're not really limited. So the normal limitations of Instax are totally gone once you have it
0: in the back of this. Very good. I'm Thank- convinced. Thank you, Matt. I already
1: bought one. Nice. <laughs> nice. I
0: did. Mm-hmm. And uh, Trav's going to be buying one. Yeah, I want to oh, try yeah, it for fantastic. Sure. And you get this at Lomography.com.
2: Uh, Lomography has it. A lot of major retailers. Um, they are, I think they're waiting for like the next batch of those. But they're, yeah, they're filling orders as quick as they
0: can. Great. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, everyone. The big news now is where to go to lunch, which is going to be fantastic. And uh, I'm very excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> well everyone thank you for joining us podcast at filmphotographyproject.com Trev thank you very much for joining us yeah thanks for having me you and the great folks at thedarkroom.com Matt, Owen, Leslie we'll be back someday soon we
2: promise see you then